Welcome to Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football. My name is Wes, and I'd like to invite you to join me, Jesse, and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news from around the league, the big games this weekend, and more. And what's up, everybody? It's Wes. We're about to start season five of Pigskins and Pageantry, and it does not seem like that kind of time has passed. I don't know about y'all, but oh, man. So uh, obviously, there's been a lot going on over the summer between last year and this year. Um, And so here with me to talk about it, as we do every week, Jesse and Matt, first off, Jesse, what's going on? How was your summer? What have you been up to in the absence of Bama football? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Besides missing Alabama football um, and just stalking the paths to see how Matt Jones is doing. Um, other than really brushing up because I took it personal when, um, last year on YouTube, apparently my color commentary, was just not enough. So you asked for it very whiny LSU fans and Mississippi state fans, and now you're going to get it stats, all of the stats. I think there was some A&M fans in there too. Don't forget those. Uh, Oh, don't worry. And the Jimbo Fisher hate will continue. Oh yeah, I, I would expect no less. So, uh, Matt, to season five. <laughs> Matt, what's going on, my friend? How has your summer been? I uh, it it has been a summer. Uh, it has been a summer. I did a uh, little to nothing this summer. So, um, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to get back to it. I'm ready for Tennessee to hurt me again. Um, I'm ready, to, get I, I'm ready again. to feel feelings all over again. It's 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 almost football time in Tennessee, and I am here for it. I hear you. Cool. That's cool, man. I, I hear you. I hear you. But um, yeah, I mean, basically the same for me as far as just being, I mean, just busy, man. Just uh, trying to do the author thing, trying to uh, keep up with this stuff. Um, uh, daughter's playing soccer. And uh, now we're, uh, yeah, had a hat, a hat trick uh, last weekend. And it has nothing to do with SEC football, but, you know, hey, I had to throw Different that football. There, so. Doesn't matter. So yeah, that's right. It's called football somewhere else. Yeah, so, that's mean, it. Count. You can count it. And then uh, you know, trying to share a few laughs here with a TikTok video every now and then. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty eventful summer. Um, obviously, real eventful for the SEC. And uh, we're going to discuss. <laughs> we're going to discuss each team. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into the news of the summer. Here's the news. <laughs> All right. So in alphabetical order which is Jesse's favorite because, you know, well, you're about to see. Anyway, um, let's start off with Alabama. Um, you know, more of the same is what I'm expecting. Um, it seems like a lot of experts are thinking the same as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I think Bama's offense might be down a little bit, maybe just a little bit, but uh, defense is going to be up. Uh, we'll see how Bryce Young is going to do. Um, but uh, nobody wants to listen to me talk about Bama because Jesse knows all the things about Bama football. So, Jesse, what are your thoughts? What do you think? I, I have all the things. I mean, Bama lost eight of the top 38 picks in the t- 2021 NFL draft. Um, and we had 10 draft picks overall. And I know we did draft recaps and all that, but just refreshing in case anyone forgot um 
with all that said, even losing all of those guys, which it's going to sound cocky, but here I am, that happens a lot, like every year. So our roster is still stacked. Um, our past four recruiting classes have been ranked first, second, first, and fifth in the country, um, according to 24-7 and their composite rankings. So it does seem like much of the same. Uh, but we are only returning three starters on offense, which is is crazy, you know, especially since the offense was such uh, a big powerhouse last year. It was something that everybody kind of looked at, not to say our defense wasn't great as well, but I think offense was definitely the star there. Uh, looking into this season, because I kind of feel like that's a little bit of what we're doing tonight, is against head coaches who have served as his assistants. And this is always going to be a big topic until it happens, uh, which is Kirby Smart. Jimbo, uh, Lane Kiffin. We've got Steve Sarkeesian now at Texas. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, and more. He is 23-0. and 0. I'm just going to put that out there. I just want to start the season by saying that. Um, not saying it can never change. I'm just saying. And then since going 7-6 and six in his first season at Bama in 2007, Saban has led Alabama to 13. Straight seasons with double digit wins. In the 13 seasons prior to Saban, Alabama had 10 wins or more in only five or only five times a season. Um, so lots happening since Saban got there. I know everyone's like, oh my gosh, when's Saban gonna retire? He's boop up. Not this year, folks. Um it's another hip surgery, he'll be fine. Hip surgery, and <laughs> and it's okay. We're fine. He's young, he's a no. spring chicken. Um, another big thing I think people are like. You know, obviously, QB, you touched on Bryce Young. I think everybody's looking to at wide receiver. We lost a Heisman Trophy winner um, to the Eagles. Um, I'm excited to see what Devontae does there. But our wide receivers are, are still great. Uh, we've got Junior um, Mechie, who appears kind of the next in line to Devontae Smith, I would say. He, had, or he brought in 55 passes, six touchdowns in 2020, um, and he was super fast. He wasn't necessarily as fast as Devontae. But um, was able to, you know, study with him and and have him and Jalen Waddle kind of guide him and be those veterans. And so now he's he's the team veteran there, and I think a star at wide receiver. And he um, can also serve as so a defensive yeah. back if he needs to. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's cool. Um, and then, you know, I don't think we're gonna have the same sort of aerial attack that we had with Mac Jones. Um, Bryce Young is a as a different kind of quarterback. If I were to compare him to someone, it'd be a little bit more like a Jalen Hurts um, and not so much like a Mac Jones. But, you know, we have a new offensive coordinator with Bill O'Brien. So I think the offense is going to be interesting to watch because it is there's so much you know new talent, new coach. Everything's new there. Um, but still that same old sort of saving mentality um, and leadership. So interested to see how things uh, start off for us this season coming off of a natty. Uh, Matt, I'm sorry to start us off on such a depressing note, but um, <laughs> really, you, you, we could we don't have to do these alphabetically, Wes. Anyway, yeah, what are what are your <laughs> thoughts? What are your what you thinking about Alabama? I mean, I feel like Jesse gave us the ins and outs of everything there, so I don't know what you want me to add, but I could tell you that again, if you're going to try and bet against Nick Saban, it's a bad idea. Um, Bama has rewrote the rewritten rewritten the book when it comes to what uh sec teams are supposed to look like what success looks like at the collegiate level um 
they don't they don't rebuild anymore. They reload. Um, and I know that's been a cliche for a lot of teams in the past, but Bama truly does not rebuild. They reload. Um, and again, they've got plenty of people on their team that are are willing to step into those gaps. Um, and yeah, Bama got rid of a bunch of kids for the draft, which again kind of plays off to their their success. But I I don't I don't anticipate anything less than a, a postseason run for Bama again this year. Um, I have a hard time imagining any postseason without Alabama in the mix. Uh, as painful as it is for me to say that. I mean, I can imagine it a lot, but realistically, <laughs> oh, I, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if we're going to get into that route, yeah, absolutely. I can, I can imagine it all day, but it doesn't, doesn't negate the fact that, that it's probably not going to happen uh, until Satan, I mean, Satan, rude. Saban, excuse me, um, manages to either retire or his hip blows out. One of the two. I'll get a new one. It's fine. Yeah. Either way. He's probably got a bunch of cloned Sabins waiting to take over anyway. So whatever. Um, all right. So uh, moving on in our alphabetical list next is Arkansas. <laughs> um, and so uh, thinking about the QB battle, it looks like KJ Jefferson is going to be the starter. I don't think that's necessarily a surprise uh, mm-hmm. seeing him play last year. Um, and they really have early on in the season, a chance to make a statement in week two against Texas in terms of national conversation now, look, you know, we can all talk about Texas. Maybe they're not the Texas of old, whatever, but still in terms of national conversation, it's a chance for them. So, um, however, they do have a brutal schedule. Arkansas does. Um, they're projecting losses to uh, A&M, Georgia, Ole Miss, Auburn, LSU, and Alabama. I mean, that's just uh, – that's it's crazy. Um, Sorry, it's not funny. It just might have been shorter to say they're projected wins. But I mean, you know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Pittman's really got things going out there. I, I'm excited to see what he does. I, I know it's going to be a challenging season regardless uh, for him this year, but, you know, excited to see uh, what he's going to do out there. It looks like the experts are thinking they're <clears> going to go six and six this year. So we'll see how that pans out. Matt, I want to start with you first this time. What are your thoughts on Arkansas and their, their outlook this season? <clears throat> Can I can I go ahead and, and do my yes, sir? Can I go ahead and get that up? <laughs> do it, man. Please. Because I've been I've been waiting. All right. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. So we uh got that. I love Pittman just for that. Um <laughs> yeah, looking at their schedule, they do have a tough road to hoe. I mean, uh, Arkansas and again, Arkansas surprised us last year. We thought that they were gonna be exceptionally bad and then they finished um i mean they finished three and seven but we we thought they would be a little bit um worse than they were but they were competitive i mean they only lost a couple games here and there so as long as they haven't graduated a lot of people and i don't know enough about the arkansas roster to speak on that but if they haven't graduated a lot of people we may be able to see them you know improve on that and like you said their schedule is definitely pretty brutal at lsu at bama back to back um you know, they got to go to Ole Miss. They got to go to Georgia. Both of those are going to be rough games for them. Um, so, again, Pittman, if he can continue to build, hopefully we'll see a little bit more success at Arkansas this season. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Jesse, your thoughts on Arkansas? Yeah, I think the the first thought is obviously, you know, offense has to get better. And I would say that starts with their offensive line, which shouldn't be too hard. Pittman, you know, by trade is an offensive line coach. And, you know, they've got to do better but they also have to control the clock. I don't think last season they did a good job of controlling the clock. Um, And I would also say that their running backs have to step up and do their job. Um, And they don't have a lot of depth right now 
at running back. The one right now that I've, you know, sort of seen is Traylon Smith. He was solid, uh, rushing for 710 yards, five touchdowns and 5.3 yards per carry on average. Uh, but he's not the guy that can just go ahead and carry. He's not sort of your ace. He needs to be part of a rotation. And as I said, right now, I don't think they have the star power in depth to do that. So it's going to be a lot of kind of harvesting this talent and really fostering it and helping these guys grow. Um, and then, like you said, I think KJ Jefferson's definitely going to be at QB, but there really isn't a veteran plan B. There's no one solid in case Jefferson doesn't start out great. So I don't know what it looks like in terms of depth chart at QB either. I think that's the thing for Arkansas, right? It's just depth is going to be an issue. Um, they do have a new defensive coordinator in Barry Odom. Um, obviously the former Missouri head coach stepped in as DC there. He's got a lot to do on defense. I mean, you said their record, what was it? They only won three games. Not great. Um, you got to have a defense to do that. So, um, you know, needs a stronger pass, pass rush and, uh, got to stop, stop third down conversions. Um, but they have 10 starters expected to be back on defense. Um, but you know, we'll see defense wasn't great last year. So hopefully those starters, uh, learn and, and grow this year. And one caveat to their record is, uh, remember they lost a a lot of close games last year too. And I believe one of them, what was it was that was the questionable call against, uh, uh, Auburn. Right. And, um, I think there was a couple of others that could have gone their way. So, um, so yeah, you know, could have been better. Um, it looks like they're projected to do a little bit better this year, but uh, as you as you both said, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough season for sure. Um, let's let's also remember that Arkansas has Traylon Burks in the wings yeah. at wide receiver. He's been named to the All SEC team um, uh, for the preseason part of things anyway. Yes. So him, uh, Grant Morgan at linebacker is yeah. also another first team SEC preseason guy. Uh, Jalen Catalan. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. It's on the second team. So they've got a couple of studs out they there. Do. Just a they have a of, pair of stud linebackers. And I think you said at least one of the names off the top of my head, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's get to Auburn. Um, obviously uh, this is going to be Bo Nix's junior season um, and his junior season will is be Brian. A junior. Yeah. He, is. he started as a true freshman. Yeah. I feel like he's been there for a thousand years. It's because there's so much hype around him for no reason. Uh, Jesse's Jesse's honor thing again. I never oh, got man. off. Um, but I, I love this episode so far because she was like, "You're gonna nitpick about stats. Guess what? You're gonna get the snark and the stats." <laughs> so it's it's been great. Hi. Um, but yeah, his junior season is gonna be Brian Harson's first. Obviously, the uh, Auburn's new coach. Um, so we'll kind of. Uh, see what what challenges he faces there uh tank bigsby though coming back uh looking to have a solid showing in his uh sophomore season so um and and just a great name for I'm, a uh no tank. College, i just think of frank the tank from old school that's all i can think of like, <laughs> right oh gosh yes <laughs> please no streaking at the games yeah no none of that um, they got a fairly tough schedule. Uh, also, looks like they are also expected. Um, they're, they're projected to be around 500 um, as well. So uh, one extra wrinkle in this whole situation, though, is Harson recently tested positive for COVID. Um, and so, um, however, he will, um, he's expected to be available for in-person coaching uh, in the opener against Akron. But, you know, what kind of challenges can that pre- present to the preparation um, again, <clears throat> it's Akron, so 
you shouldn't think it should affect it too much, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, it's just going to be a thing for all the teams again this year. I think we yeah. were hopeful that it wouldn't be a thing, but as we're seeing, it's, it's definitely going to play a factor again. It's already mm-hmm. playing a factor in the NFL. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting. Yeah. And, and Jesse, what are your thoughts in regards to Auburn and their outlook for this year? Yeah. And just a, a reminder for those that are not, you know, Auburn fans or haven't really kept up because I had to remind myself as well. Um, Harson is, uh, he was an offensive coordinator at Boise state and Texas before getting into head coaching. Um, so just a little refresher for y'all out there, but um, you know, he's got Mike Bobo, the offensive coordinator, just Wes's favorite. Um, hey. who's supposed to be pretty good with quarterbacks, but I don't know if UGA fans would agree. Um, <laughs> I, think it's, I don't it's think any. I don't think any non-UGA fan would agree. Um, That's fair. No offense, Mike. Yeah. That's fair. But I mean, TJ Finley is going to be an interesting one here, right? So the LSU transfer, he's you know, he's got a big arm. Um, he could potentially push Bo Nix. I think we're expecting Bo Nix, obviously, to be the starter. But um, to keep in mind, you never know, and we all love a good QB battle. So. Who knows? Um, but, you know, I think last year they, they wasted some of the weapons that they had. Um, and we'll see if they're able to kind of correct that and, and really foster and use the talent that they've got there. But my my biggest thing is just looking at QB and seeing if it really does stay with Bo Nix. Yeah, and I'm also interested to see if, um, if they've been able to work on in the offseason. I know one complaint – uh, about him last year and uh, maybe even really the whole time he's been there is that he kind of gets happy feet and tends to take mm-hmm. off before the pressure is actually there. Um, and so, you know, easily flustered. Yeah. So interesting to see um, how that progresses. Matt, what are your thoughts on Auburn? Uh, again, I don't, I'm I, anytime Auburn's in the mix like this, I just don't know how to feel. Um, First off, I want to do want to point out that, and this has nothing to do with how Auburn's going to play, but Auburn has Tank Bigsby, but they also have Smoke Monday. So they're already on their way to the all SEC team, all SEC name team. So we got that going for them. Uh, I was looking at their schedule. You know, they've got a week three visit to Penn State. Um, that's going to be an interesting matchup for them. Um, and again, they got to go to LSU, to Arkansas. Um, so the, a couple of rough things here and there. But again, I think it's going to come down to how how Nix has matured in the offseason. It's going to be interesting to see how Bobo is able to work him into the system. Like Jesse said, I don't think any of us have anything good to say uh, about a Mike Bobo ran offense. Um, I, I hate to say that about the guy. I just – I don't recall ever thinking, wow, that Mike Bobo offense was, was really good. I mean, that's never been a – thought i've had i mean i i I sort of have to give i I have to give him a little bit of credit i mean don't try to no west don't try to justify it no no i'm not ultimately i'm not so he there was a lot of uh, a lot of good stats while he was at georgia but i mean he had tons of great players to call plays for i mean to me it was just completely underwhelming especially in um, big game situations you know when it comes Mm -hmm. down to that crucial play call you're just left scratching your head and you're like, what third and, and two. And then that's what you came up with. What? <laughs> and it, yeah. it was just a pattern of that for me. I, I don't know, but um, you anyway. know who he should learn from, which I never, ever 
thought I'd say in my whole entire life. Um, he should hang out with Lane Kiffin. Yeah. I, I mean, the dude can call plays. Uh, Kiffin he can. can. Call plays. Yeah. I, I hate to say it, but he's got a good offense. Yeah. And, and, um, and he tweeted no at us. So, hey. He did. He did. And just so everybody knows, Lane Kiffin gets it's a joke. You don't have to, right. like, come for right. us. Like, he doesn't care. I love all the, like, you know, defending people. Like, it's a joke. He understands it's a joke. He's having fun oh, with it. And it was amazing. I can't believe he you would say such a way thing. too much money to part. care. And also, that's not the meanest thing anyone's ever said about Lane Kiffin. True Probably that. that he's even heard to his face. True that. Guaranteed it's not. He worked for Nick Saban. If you don't think Nick Saban <laughs> hurt his feelings worse than I did, then you're insane. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, let's get to Florida. Um, and I think a lot of us expected Florida to take a bit of a step back this year, especially offensively. But I, I've, I've been talking to a lot of Florida fans, and apparently they don't really expect that. Um, I think that they have confidence in Dan Mullen and his offensive mind. And, um, you know, to his credit, Emory Jones has has done well uh, while he's been there. Um, and I think even though they lost the Kyles and <laughs> and Kadarius Tony, I, I mean, I, I think they're going to be OK. I mean, am I saying they're going to be the same explosive offense that we saw last year? I don't know that we're necessarily there, but I think they'll be OK. Um, defensively is where they really got to get better. And a lot of people are questioning why Grantham is even still there. Um, a lot of people are touting or saying that, uh, Dan Mullen is, uh, you know, loyal to a fault sometimes, or I guess he's, but they had issues last season, right? I mean, they went at each other a little bit. They did. Um, I don't know if he's just kind of, I don't know, letting that one, kind of slide and maybe if this year's the same he's out you know no questions asked I don't know uh, but I would imagine that Grantham is on thin ice uh, regardless so um, yeah I mean they're going to have to get better defensively if they're going to be in games this year um, I, I think they might be a little bit better in that regard but hey I mean after last year I'm going to have to just kind of take a wait and see approach we'll see how they do these first few games and see how things are trending um I don't know. I, I could see this going, um, you know, fairly well for Florida. Or, but I could also see this just like really going south really fast, depending on how things uh, pan out with with everything. So, I don't know, um, Matt. Let's start with you this time. Florida. What are your What are your thoughts on on their chances this year? Well, you know, Florida had some success last year. They finished eight and four on the season. Um, finished up and got into the SEC championship game, gave Bama a run for a little while there, um, or at least it looked like it. Um, uh, looking at their schedule, uh, you know, they've got a couple gimme games at the beginning of the season, especially the Tennessee game. Um, they're going to go to Kentucky, to LSU, to South Carolina. Most of their big games are going to be – well, I guess you can call Jacksonville home game. I never have understood why you'll keep playing that thing there. But anyway um, – yeah, I, their schedule doesn't look that bad. Uh, looking at their all SEC uh, nominations, a couple of uh, names stick out on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Zachary Carter at defensive line, uh, Kair Elam, excuse me, at defensive back. But then that's it. And this is the first Florida team I've seen that doesn't have 
an all SEC preseason name attached to the offensive side of the ball, which yeah. kind of shows me that they may have they may their offense may be taking a big step back this year. Um, they may have to rely on their defense for um, a little bit more coverage in their game. So uh, how is it going to pan out? I don't know. Really, the only the first big test they have is at LSU on October sixteenth. I think that's going to be the bellwether of what how the rest of the season for them is going to turn out. But they don't have a lot of big like they play LSU and they play Georgia, and that's it as far. Well, oh, I'm sorry, they play Bam on the eighteenth. I missed. I was gonna that say, part. hold on. <laughs> yeah, my bad, my bad. I did, I missed that. So eight, they September play in 18th, the swamp know, too, know. right? Yeah, that's a home game for Florida. Yeah, it must be nice to not only have to play Florida every once or play Alabama every once in a while. Um, so yeah, it, it that 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 th- week three date's going to be probably where we know how what kind of Florida team this is going to be. Yeah, uh, Jesse, your thoughts on Florida? Yeah, I mean, I think you guys covered a little bit of it, right? But for those that were not following along at home in 2020, uh, Florida's offense was really close to being a 2019 LSU, but a year too late um they led the nation in passing Kyle Trask had similar numbers against what I would say is better competition than 2019 Joe Burrow um but it wasn't good enough which you know is amazing to see you look at those stats and they finished third in the SEC ninth in the nation in total offense averaging 509 yards and 40 points per game um but as the now newly SEC team member, uh, Oklahoma, showed, you know, when a key of pl- a few key players sit out, it all just goes to ish. Um, it's rebuilding, you know, and it's like you said, they're they're looking, you know, without the Kyles, um, Cardarius, Tony, Tony, Tony. I'm never good with that. Tony, yeah. Um, but don't worry, Florida. I'm not. Not finished yet. Um, Emory Jones was a really big quarterback recruit for the program. He does have experience with the program. So he's got the running ability as well. Um, and, you know, he adds a new dynamic to the offense. Um, and he's, you know, 6'4", 232 pounds. Uh, Anthony Richardson is more of kind of like that bomber type backup. So I think you're going to be fine at quarterback. And uh your receiving core is going to be okay. So do not fret, but we'll see you in the swamp. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. Um, and, uh, and definitely a, a measuring stick of sorts for them. All right, let's get to uh, Georgia. Um, on paper, everybody's, you know, expecting Georgia to do great things. Um, and really it's kind of like a lot of people have been saying it's national championship or bust. Now, I don't know that that's necessarily true, but it is, um, on paper. Do you mean for Kirby, like national championship or bust for Kirby's job? Yeah. Yeah. A a lot of people are saying that they're like, if, if not now, then when, you know, uh, type of thing. Um, and uh, while I can, I can kind of agree with that, I guess, I mean, you know, a lot of things can happen. There can be injury. There can be lots of stuff. Look, I'm a Georgia fan. I've seen it all. Okay. <laughs> all, all the things can happen. So, uh, I mean, yeah, on paper, it looks great. And, and, and I am, I'm stoked about that, but obviously um, we'll wait and see how the games themselves uh, pan out. So uh, the, the talent is there. 
um the skate the skate the schedule <laughs> the schedule, schedule. Is, <laughs> oh oh the, the you didn't make too many tiktoks Wes. i'm telling you the uh, schedule is favorable um and uh so i mean just is the execution going to be there right um obviously uh, attrition has already begun with the loss of of pickens will that continue uh, are we going to lose people uh, as the season goes along there have been a few other injuries, um, and I know I think uh, Washington is uncertain. The last that I looked, I've been trying to keep up with that because um, obviously he's a big target that, that we want to have out there. Um, and there's a few other injuries out there that are kind of uh, nebulous as far as, you know, are they going to be able to go or not? So um, it sounds like Kirby expects a lot to be available week one, but, you know, who knows? Maybe he's just uh, playing those cards close to the chest. So. Um, obviously Pickens is going to be out for the first several weeks. It seems not really sure when he's going to have a chance to get back in, um, necessarily, uh, you know, specific week wise, um, Kyrus Jackson and Jermaine Burton big last year. Uh, we're hoping that they can step up, uh, again, uh, depending on how, uh, some injuries work out. Um, and then, uh, we'll just kind of see how other wide receivers, uh, step up as well. I mean, that's going to be the thing. And, and, Watching Georgia in their receiving core last year, it was amazing once JT stepped up. No disrespect to Stetson Bennett at all. He stepped up, played great when he had to. But, um, but man, when JT came in and was able to stretch the field and spread the ball around to a bunch of different receivers, it was amazing to see guys just light up and receivers mm -hmm. just – catch you know touchdowns left and right and, and guys who hadn't been getting a lot of action before were all of a sudden putting up these crazy stats and so you know uh, I hope that more of that continues obviously um, you know JT uh, playing the last little bit of the season uh, seemed to do really well hopefully he can keep that momentum going um, but uh, but we'll see yeah hey you know like I've said I don't know how many times on this show I, I am that jaded Georgia fan. So am I excited? Yeah. And I'm, I'm ready to watch another season. However, we'll, we'll see how things go. So uh, Jesse, let, let's start with you first. What are your thoughts on Georgia? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like you said, right? Like it, it looks good on paper, but I think last year it kind of looked good on paper, right? Uh, uh, the offense is good, but it, it just couldn't keep up with an Alabama or a Florida, um, which last year was everything. That's what you had to do. Um, and, you know, they, they did manage to roll through those first games and, and they got moving going forward. The, Oh, um, you know, the offense averaged 424 yards, 32 points per game, which is great by normal standards. I mean, you put that in any other conference and you're doing great, but for a national championship level SEC team, it just wasn't going to cut it. I think now that they have JT Daniels kind of firmly behind the helm, he's in the starting job and, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy the whole time. Uh, then you've got, you've got some good stuff happening. He's got some good prospects behind him as well. Um, and Carson Beck, Brock Vandergriff, and even um, Stetson Bennett. So we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be interesting to see who steps up since Pickens is not going to be available, but to bring in an analogy from Alabama, look at Jalen model, look at uh, Devonte Smith. You got a Heisman. We got a Heisman winner out of that. So, you never know who's going to step up and the talent that is really sitting there in the depth chart waiting for that opportunity. Um, so I'm interested to see how Georgia plays. I think seeing a team that is fully kind of captained by JT Daniels was, is going to be an interesting season for sure. Yeah. Matt, your thoughts on Georgia? 
Um, first off, I want to point out that you're not that jaded, Wes. You haven't become bitter and angry. So uh, <laughs> you're not as bad as some. The second thing is, I don't know what you're talking about when you're talking about a favorable schedule. Because I'm looking at the schedule right now, and there are some honkers on here. Let me run down the list for you. UAB, <laughs> South Carolina, Scary. Vanderbilt, Oof. Charleston Southern, who's a known uh, Georgia Tech. Like, I don't even know. Dude, I've seen more cupcakes in a bakery than what I'm seeing on Georgia's schedule right now. I don't want to hear any of this a favorable schedule. Y'all have a cakewalk here. The only big team y'all play is, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, Florida. Well, except for Clemson at the beginning, but that's an out of conference. It doesn't matter. The only one you play is Florida at the end of, this, at the end of October. So I don't want to hear any more of this. this Are we going to call Georgia's schedule like the fall bake sale or like? The fall cakewalk, or, should. or like the harvest. We should do we, do we really God, have to give was, it a nickname? Was, <laughs> I think it's a good nickname. Was, Can it be the name of this episode? <laughs> fall bake sale. <laughs> it is a bake sale. <laughs> There's cake all over the place. Are y'all playing? Like I'm at Wilson's Bakery in downtown Warner Robins. Are y'all playing at Charleston Southern, or are you playing in Athens? I, I I'm not sure, but I would imagine Athens. I, it's I, a home I, game. It's probably. I, their home. Say, I can't. Oh, I can't imagine. I was gonna say. I can go see them play for probably like ten ninety nine a ticket. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Not awful. in Athens. This is awful, Wes. But listen, in all seriousness, though, um, I kind of feel like I'm taking lead on the uh, SEC preseason stuff. So on the SEC preseason, Jordan Davis made first team. Uh, Georgia's punter Jake Camarda got first team as well. And then they have a bunch of kids on the second team, Zamir White, George Pickens, Jamari Slayer, JT Daniels. So a number of names showing up in those all SEC, um, all, all SEC rosters. So it'll be, they'll, they'll be all right. I think, especially with the fact they aren't playing anybody except for week one. Um, but again, it, it, we'll have to see how, but it's how, Clemson how without Trevor out. Lawrence. Does it count? Hey, that's a good point. That that is true. However, <laughs> we saw how DJ played last year against Notre Dame, and I was like, "This is the same." Like, Notre where's, Dame's where's not the drop off? real. I yeah, I mean, so and so losing that game wasn't even his fault. It was the defense um, that, that messed him up there. But uh, anyway, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. We'll talk about that game later. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean. Look, can they make it through the through the schedule? I mean, yeah, I, I think it does look very favorable. Obviously, bake sale, whatever. But um, you know, it's going to be like, how are, are you going to be able to remain focused? Are you going to uh, be able to step up when things do get difficult in SEC championship, uh, possibly playoffs, et cetera, beyond that? So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, it doesn't really change the question. Are you going to be able to step up when you need to? And we'll we'll see. So, okay. Um, all right, let's go on down to Kentucky. Um, it looks like uh, Will Lev- Levis. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. That's the tra- what I think. Transfer out of Penn State. Uh, looks like he panned out for them uh, at the QB position by all accounts, and uh, has actually been named the starter by Mark Stoops. So, uh, Wandale Robinson, uh, who's also a transfer from Nebraska at the wide receiver position. Um, he, uh, is expected to be a huge addition to their offense. So transfers playing a big part in the Kentucky offense this year, possibly, um, looking that way for sure. Um, 
according to experts, their uh, running backs are strong and the O-line. So, I mean, the O-line is are comprised of veterans. So people are looking for big things for Kentucky this year. Uh, uh, 247 Sports predicts they're going to finish nine and three. So, hey, wow. who, who knows? I mean, who's might, on their schedule? I, I'm not sure. Uh, of course, I mean, uh, they get, uh, they've got an East schedule uh, like us. So, I mean, it's not going to be it's not going to be your Western powerhouses. Stop it, Matt. Stop. Uh, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about the schedule when it comes to my part. All right. Um, who, whose turn is it, uh, Matt? I think it's Matt's first. turn. Yeah, you're 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 first. So go ahead, my friend. Well, it you. Well, while we're on while we're on the subject of uh, schedules, Kentucky opens up with Louisiana Monroe, a known as he's or known out of conference powerhouse. Uh, they play Chattanooga. They play. Uh, they do have Florida, LSU, Georgia in a three weeks sprint. That's right. So that might be their that might be their three losses right there. Um, and then Mississippi State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt, New Mexico State, Louisville. Uh, eh, it's not that bad. Not that good. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, Kentucky's got a couple names on the All SEC list. Joe Pascal at defensive line is on there. Um, then the, Chris Rodriguez Jr. is the third team SEC, uh, our all-SEC name, and then Luke Fortner at offensive line. So they got a couple of other studs, just like everybody else does. Um, but I'm, I'm, I have a hard time imagining only three losses. I don't think they beat Florida. I don't think they beat LSU. I don't think they beat Georgia. I don't think they'll beat Tennessee. It's just a feeling. I mean, we're a couple of years past the high watermark of Kentucky football. I mean, was it two seasons ago Yeah, that they, they made that pretty steady run and they had a lot of help. And I, I don't know, eight, eight wins seems a bit generous in, in my book, even with the scheduling. So I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Stoops is going to be able to get him coached up that well. We'll see. I can okay. see some of those games being like snags that mm-hmm. you probably should win them, but maybe not. I mean, like, like Carolina is probably a trap game for them. I can yeah. see Carolina giving them trouble or Missouri giving them trouble. Um, or... Louisiana might give them trouble. That's game one. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, they're, they're pretty good out of conference. Um, but you got to remember Kentucky finished dead last in the SEC in total yards with the league's least efficient passing game. Not great. They do have a new offensive coordinator in Liam Cohen, who is uh, his first time uh, or comes from his first time as an assistant under Sean McVay at the Rams. So could be decent, could help turn around that offense, but, a lot to do there. Um, Terry Wilson transferred to New Mexico. So, yes, it's great that they have Will Levis, 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 whatever. Um, but it's it, there's a lot. There, there's a lot to do there. Um, so I w- would not necessarily count all of those as wins in the schedule. I think we could potentially see some snags there that might be surprise losses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely uh, curious to see how they do, especially with uh, some of these experts expect them to do really well, apparently. So um, let's go to LSU. Um, and uh, we've kind of touched on them a little bit, but uh, with TJ Finley, obviously headed to Auburn, uh, Miles Brennan is also out with an injury for a few months. So, hey, Max Johnson, you're the guy. So... <laughs> Um, unfortunately he also has basically zero experience. So, um, it's going to be a challenge. Um, 
you know, we'll, we'll see, can the defense step it up after, I mean, last year, probably one of the worst defensive efforts I've ever seen from an LSU team. So, I mean, that's the big question mark for me this year. Can they get back to kind of what LSU is known for kind of punchy in the mouth defense and, and then, you know, uh, obviously they had that great offense for that one year and, and, you know, took a step back. So we'll see. I mean, obviously with Max Johnson uh, being the guy, uh, it is going to be a challenge. So uh, Jesse, what are your thoughts on LSU and their outlook this year, this year? Yeah. Lord forbid that I talk about them going downhill from 2019 to 2020. I know you lost everyone in the draft. Um, <laughs> but seriously, you went from being like this standard to not that bad. Um, I know, I know I'm trying, but it was an inconsistent offense. I think we can all agree with that, whether you agree with why I think that or not, it was inconsistent. It was some growing pains. They got really good, really fast. And then they just didn't have the depth there to support losing people. It's what happens when you're growing a program. It just does. Um, but there are a lot of guys that are returning. Uh, they do have a, a new offensive coordinator. I feel like I've said that for literally every team. Um, at Jake Peets. He has uh, mostly an NFL assistant experience there. Um, he was recently under Joe Brady at Carolina, so decent. Uh, but yeah, like we said, it's going to be interesting that quarterback situation, everything was supposed to happen, and then now you just kind of end up with your guy. Um, but that's okay. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. And uh, stop being babies that I don't share stats. <laughs> also has anyone heard this is like a legit thing i forgot to look this up before we started have we heard anything else about the um sexual assault allegations at lsu in the in the case that's happening there because i know last i heard uh coach o was implicated in it um and so i just didn't know if we had heard anything i know there's a title nine lawsuit going on at um Louisiana State University. The, the SEC is too busy trying to add teams to the conference to worry about sexual assault allegations. Right. Yeah, I, I haven't heard any bigger, more. Bigger fish to fry. Bigger fish to fry. I haven't heard any any more on that. Um, this has been an eventful week for LSU football, though, as they've had to, mm -hmm. to uh, prepare and uh, you know do their workouts in Houston. Apparently, yeah, as the, the hurricane comes through, and then obviously they'll be playing in Pasadena anyway. So that you know they're at least able to play elsewhere uh, in, in that regard. But yeah, uh, lots of challenges going on right now. So yeah, we'll keep, we'll, we'll look into that. We'll, I'll keep you guys updated. I need yeah. to research that one a little bit more. Yeah, do that. <clears throat> um, Mississippi state is next. Um, 2021 people are uh, looking. What? Oh, did I not well, talk to you? you no. Did I skip you? <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. You I'm did. trying. To... No, I'm just... done. Good night. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> all right. So, dude, I'm trying to keep track of all these teams. My bad. Okay. Oh, yeah. My all, bad. All, 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 all I want to do is talk about the schedule. We can. I'll shut up after that. But let all me right, talk, talk about, about the schedule. schedule. I brought up sexual Cause... assault. It gets weird after that. <laughs> you're getting. You're missing. What? You almost took away an opportunity for me to make fun of a, a Pac-12 team, Wes. Come on. All right, man. Go for it. All right, LSU is opening the season at the Rose Bowl, taking on L uh, UCLA. And I don't know if any of you saw the picture of UCLA's home opener this past weekend, but nobody was there. That's why the SEC is built different, because we pack the thing out. We don't care if we're playing 
Podunk State University were going to be there. UCLA was playing. Um, oh, I forget now. I can't remember who, but there's like a shot, like looking down at the stadium. There's like 12 people there. It's embarrassing. In, in fairness, LA person, I leave their houses there. there. I don't know what the COVID so. regulations in LA are. Surely they are. They can. Not, I'm not sure. But in fairness, the Rose Bowl is huge, so it's really easy to look empty. So, but yes, so I get it. Stadium, we I suck, get it. But we still sell that thing out <laughs> anyway. So open what? Said over a hundred and one thousand. Yeah. What are you talking about? Seats. Seats. At Bama. At Brian Denny. Let's let's move on. I remember when it was like ninety thousand. Anyway, then y'all got good and had to put more people in there. Anyway. Um, y'all need to go back to Legion Field. Anyway, uh, so LSU's uh, opening at UCLA, and then they got Cupcakes, McNeese State, Central Michigan, um, at Mississippi, at Kentucky, at Ole Miss, at Bama. Pretty rough. Um, and then wrapping up the season with a trip to – with our, uh, Texas A&M coming to visit them in Arkansas. Uh, Schedule-wise, I don't think LSU's in any – They're it's Midland, I would say. Um, they're going to be – that's a pretty rough little ho- road, though, at Mississippi State, against Auburn, at Kentucky, against Florida, at Ole Miss. Um, so, also on the all-SEC front, nobody on offense for LSU, which I think wow. makes sense when you look at how their offense did last year. Uh, a couple big names, Derek Stingley's on there, Cade York on special teams. But that's – no, I'm sorry. I forgot about Kayshawn Butte. Butte, is that how you say that kid's name? Okay, Sean Butte at wide receiver. Um, so, but that's pretty much it as far as LSU and that business goes. Now yep. you can proceed, Wes. Mississippi State. Um, twenty twenty one. People are expecting to be critical to Mike Leach's program after last year's um, challenges, shall we say? Um, yeah, Will Rogers still there with the addition of uh, Southern Miss transfer Jack Abraham. Uh, there's going to be options this year at quarterback. So uh, we will see um, how that goes. Um, although, I mean, gosh, it, it seems like the expectations aren't necessarily uh, high for this team this year, um, which I guess could be double-edged sword. I mean, one way it's kind of like, oh, if we do good, oh, we weren't expected to. Um Man, I, I don't know. I, I want Mike Leach to do well. That's the th- that's the thing is like, I'm conflicted because you know, it is what it is. But I also kind of want to see him do well. I mean, how many years did we uh, wish that he was oh, in man. the SEC, and now he's finally here and not quite working out? But hey, hey I think we just you- wanted him here for the sound clips and not so we much really the style of play. Did. But well, I, I, thought, I thought that his style of football would translate well, but it, it But he was working not. with a, a roster that wasn't his. And this is a um, an offense that is so particular. Yes. The movements have to be right. Everything has to kind of flow together. And if you get recruited in a completely different style of offense, and Mike Leach is weird i'm sure he's hard to get along with if he's not your vibe it, it's just different 100 percent. and i think i think with a coach as extreme as he is i think you out of the gate you have to give him at least three years to get yeah. his own people in there and his own system on a solid foundation we'll see if they, they can do that though they're coming off of you know i mean mullen was there who was there after mullen what's his name 
Uh, Moorhead. Moorhead. Yeah. I mean, which I mean wasn't great, but they got a taste of success with Mullen, and then you know yeah. they got a big name, and now I I hope they're patient, but I I don't know. Well, let's make sure and not skip Matt this time and start with him. So what what are your thoughts on Mississippi State, my friend? I I, I think we all are in agreement we want Mike Leach to be successful, but the schedule's not helping with that very much. Um, playing against LSU in week four, then back to – then going to A&M, uh, and then Bama right after that. Uh, they do have an uh, open date between A&M and Bama, but it's not looking good. And like we've discussed, you know, that offense looked – pretty rough last year um we gotta hope there's been some improvement over the offseason uh but i i don't know it's gonna be one of those things didn't have a lot of names from mississippi state on the uh all sec preseason team which makes sense given that they struggled really badly last year a couple of names charles cross is on there and that's actually that's it as far as all sec goes so yeah and um nothing nothing really going there so it'll be I think it's going to be another long year in Starkville. Mm-hmm. Jesse, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of jobs in that locker room, I think, still up for grabs. I mean, hopefully, hopefully they have it ironed out right now. But um, so much action in the transfer portal coming out of Mississippi State. Like I said, it was not a lot of these guys' style of offense. And it was not a lot of these guys, if any, really who chose that coach. So again, we love Mike Leach truly. um, But what I want to play for him, I don't know. He's probably a very eccentric human to play for. And if that's not what you're used to or what you wanted, then it's not, it's not going to be your cup of tea. Um, The offense only averaged just about 240 yards per game. They had no downfield passing attack at all. They had so many turnovers. Um, so yeah, with, with an offense that really relies on timing and rhythm and a lot of practice and the right people in the right places, and they were trying to get it all together while going through a pandemic, it just was not a recipe for success. So I truly hope that this year will begin to, um, turn around for them and for Mike Leach. Yeah. And, and a happy Mike Leach is usually a good sound clip, Mike Leach. So we need that. So. Speaking of sound clips, let's move on to Mizzou. Mm. Um, Can you do Matt first for this one? I feel like it's just deserved. I know his first last time, but it's Mizzou. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, um, I'm going to skip me because I want to hear what I want to hear, Matt. So, (laughs) Matt, what what are your thoughts on? Absolutely not. No, 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 no. I'm not. What do you you want me to say? What do do, do you want me to say? You know what I want to say. No. You want me to make funny, Coach Drinky? Yeah. That's what you want me to say. That's all you wanted. That's the only reason why you brought it up. Ugh, God, I can't wait for that nerd to get fired. All right. Um, and if you're a Missouri fan listening or watching this, you're one of four that are out there. So shut up. I'll yell um, at you yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, I went. I went all in there. I went all in there. I don't care. Um, Southeast Missouri State, Boston College, North Texas, more cupcakes all over the shop. Um, I don't understand where these teams are when when Tennessee's putting together schedules because we're <laughs> playing like NC State and like all these other teams. That, well, they do have to play Boston College. I don't. Either way, eh, whatever. Um, Dagum, Missouri, Coach Drinky. Oh, What's their in conference schedule? 
Uh, in conference, they play. They don't play any. They play at Kentucky week two, um, and then they play Tennessee, Texas A and M, at Vandy, at Georgia. Carolina comes to visit, and then Florida, and then at Arkansas. And they're coincidentally playing the Missouri Arkansas game in Little Rock this year. Have they always done that, or is that just this year? I don't know. I don't think they've ever done. I think this is. They might be doing a neutral site. No. Neutral site games. That for neutral site games. Looking at you, Florida, Georgia, which is just <laughs> rabble, rabble. Anyway, yeah, um, yeah, uh, nothing going on there. Let me see. As far as Missouri goes on the all SEC names list, uh, Trajan Jeffcoat, who I remember we talked about last year, is showing up at a defensive line uh, on uh, second team SEC, and then Connor Basilak, third team quarterback. Um, so we'll see. How he's able to do. Jesse, your thoughts on Mizzou? The drink man is back. Um, but I mean, last year he was not able to get the running game going, um, except against the mediocre teams, which I mean, meh. so the team was 4 0 when running for 180 yards or more. And uh, Connor Basilak in the passing game didn't really do enough to really show out for them last year. So We'll see. As a whole, offense was able to do 402 yards and 27 points per game. It's a start, but for uh, the drink man, Coach Drinky, it's not really enough to make you uh, a stud in the SEC. So he's going to have to really beef that up. Um, obviously, Baselock will be the starter there, but they're going to have to really start getting some momentum. Otherwise, I don't think I take them very seriously. Yeah, yeah. it seems like uh, experts are really placing the success of this team squarely on the shoulders of uh, redshirt sophomore Connor Basilak, who I was impressed with, you know, watching a little bit last year. Um, Many uh, people uh, around the league seem to expect that he's going to be a household name by the end of the season. So, you know, it doesn't mean that necessarily they're going to play lights out and beat everybody, but um, I I think they'll have some good games. It seems like people are expecting them to finish around 500 ish uh possibly a game or two better um but uh personally i'm just looking forward to adding more clips to eli drinkwitz's uh cliche machine montage of toughness tuesday and circle the wagons and it's not about who we don't have it's about who we do have and i really do think i'm gonna get us mugs made i think i need to yeah listen you know how you know how jesse has that irrational hatred of jimbo fisher yeah that's how i feel about drink about drinky that's yeah. exactly how I, I think yours is more that. irrational. He's just silly annoying. Jimbo Fisher is a terrible person. <laughs> no, no. You just have an irrational hatred for Jimbo Fisher. We'll Listen, get there. The, Don't worry. No, but nobody, nobody that comes up with those cliches and sounds like that and looks like that. It something's not. He was right. bullied a lot, probably. Who Maybe. wasn't? <laughs> uh Okay, well, all right. Meanwhile, we're... Okay. All right, moving on. <clears throat> for me, for me, the hurt is still too deep. Um, all right, so let's, <laughs> let's go to Ole Miss. Uh, oh. And, uh, yeah, Ole Miss, Matt Corral uh, being touted as the SEC's top returning quarterback. Um, not really a surprise with Lane Kiffin's hype machine going on out there. Uh, but, man, the defense has got to get better, right? And I think we've said this for a couple of years now where um, – Definitely last year, 
that Ole Miss has a incredible offense. If they had any resemblance of a defense, uh, they would be scary. Um, so are they going to take that step this year? And, and, and uh, you know, obviously it's kind of a wait and see thing, but, but, uh, but that is going to have to be something that they improve. Um, Jesse, let's start with you first. And uh, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, what is your outlook? Yeah, I mean, that, that offense had to be lights out because the defense was porous. I mean, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> um, but as I mentioned earlier in the show, Lane Kiffin is a brilliant offensive mind, regardless of how, you know, wacky the guy is. But um, he and his offensive coordinator, who I think we were all kind of interested to see how that would work, just knowing how offensively minded Lane Kiffin is, would he really try to take it over? Would he let his coordinator um, take the reins? And I think they worked really well together um, just seeing how that offense performed. So the tweaks that they made um, the passing game got far more dangerous uh, and the results were pretty good for me. Matt Corral was a little hot, cold. Sometimes I, I felt like when you put some pressure on him, it kind of fell apart, but I think under Lane Kiffin, he's gotten a little bit better. He's gotten a little bit more confident. Um, but again, yeah, that defense is rough stuff. Old Miss was third in the nation in total offense averaging 556 yards and 39 points per game but their defense was roasted all the time it finished second worst in the nation allowing 519 yards and 38 points per game so hopefully um they've been really working at practice because that is not going to work well especially and i hate to say it but if you've got someone even like in oklahoma who's the a lights out offense in their old conference who is not known so much for defense um, games like that are going to be interesting. You're going to have two teams that are just like 60 points. And then there's like the defense is just not there. So we'll mm-hmm. see. For sure. Um, Matt, old miss your thoughts. Uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Um, I feel like if, if in just like we've been saying, if they could find a way to find some defense, they'd be hard to beat. Um, however, with that defense, all you got to do is stop them a couple of times and you could probably beat them. Um, the trick is you got to figure out a way to stop that offense, which is incredibly potent. Preseason all Ameri- our pre-season all SEC names that we got to worry about is Matt Corral, which we already discussed, Jerry and Ely, which is another one that we've also discussed. Um, the punter, Mac Brown, is also all SEC, according to uh media days as well so those names are being thrown around i know yeah uh you would imagine a punter doesn't get much work in at lane kiffin offense but you get the idea um schedule wise uh they open up against louisville this year on a monday night september 6th not bad um that'll be that'll be in atlanta that'll be an interesting uh premier game for old laney boy um then they have a couple of cupcakes and then they open up sec play against alabama at alabama um, Although that has not we'll always been good goes. for us, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then Arkansas, then they got to come to Tennessee. And I think if I if I'm right on this, this is the first time that Lane's been back to Tennessee as the head coach at Ole Miss since he left in the middle of the night. A couple of we like, had to literally, and I'm not even kidding because I was I was there. We had to hire um, extra security when we brought him to Tennessee. I don't doubt that at all. I mean, he got, he got death threats and we had to hire. I don't not, not surprising. I'm pretty sure that most, not most, a number of Tennessee fans have probably let that go. I know I have. 
Um, but the, I'd imagine it'll be a little extra rowdy in, on Rocky Top that night. Then they got to play at LSU at Death Valley. Got to go, or sorry, at home. Excuse me. Then they got to go to Auburn. And then here's an interesting uh, name that's coming to visit Oxford on November sixth is Liberty. Um, oh. So yeah, so Hugh Freeze will be in the house uh, on November sixth. Is he allowed interesting. on campus or no? I don't know, but I'm curious mm. as to what that's going to look like. Um, Hugh Freeze mean- and Lane Kiffin will be in the oh. same city at the same time. <laughs> oh boy! Oh but every stripper wants to be on on uh, wants to be on that week. Anyway, if anyone finds uh, a Boost mobile phone tossed in a trash can in Oxford the next morning, pick it up. Find yes. it. And then yeah. rounding out the schedule with uh, tr- a trip to or hosting Texas A&M, hosting Vanderbilt, and then traveling to Mississippi State. All that right. made my Not night. Awful I'm, schedule, I'm so excited for that game. I'm... Mark fun. it down. Put it on the calendar. It's going to be interesting. That, so. That'll be our uh, that'll be our game of the week that week. Absolutely. <laughs> we got to come up with a name for that one, and that is going to be fun. <laughs> oh, oh! I'll start marinating on it. Please, I please don't... do the 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 NCAA, NCAA violations bowl, <laughs> Title Nine lawsuit. The yeah, Title Nine lawsuit bowl, basically. Yeah, brought to you by Hooters. We're sponsored by them that week. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, kidding. All right, let's get to uh, South Carolina. Um, South Carolina, they are stoked to have Shane Beamer there. Um, however, it's going to be tough. <laughs> no matter how you slice it, he's, he's going to have his hands full. Look, they're coming off of a two-win season. They got a, a tough schedule, fairly tough schedule. Um, add to that, uh, Luke Doty, who was kind of like the, uh, the guy who impressed us last year at quarterback. Um, he's got a sprained ankle. Um, so a lot of questions at quarterback in order to give themselves – options beamer has placed graduate assistant coach zeb noland on the uh active roster at quarterback so hey we're pulling out all the stops here for uh for getting people to play so what? that's uh, a joke no it is not it is it is fact uh, zeb noland the graduate assistant coach he uh, fcs transfer jason brown and freshman Colton Gauthier, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, will fight for the starting position uh, if he's unable to play. So um, a lot going on with that. I mean, obviously, you're already you're already um, kind of looking down <coughs> a little bit coming off that two-win season, but then possibly to start the season without – They didn't you. have anybody get drafted, right? There was nobody get drafted? I don't think so. I don't, I don't really know. But, yeah. I think I would, it was a no. Yeah. I would imagine not many, if, if any, but, um, but yeah, so challenges ahead. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on South Carolina? Well, you know, this is going to be an interesting year because, you know, brand new coach, brand new sister situation. Um, you're, if you're bringing a grad student and putting him, taking him out of mothballs to put him back in a Jersey, ooh, that's not a good look at all. Um, that's, a really, really, really rough look. Uh, I, I had to read that twice picture. when I saw it. I was like, "Wait, yeah, what? <laughs> what?" My 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 uh, my athletic director at school is a Carolina fan, so I'm gonna have to ask. He's a, actually a former uh, Carolina quarterback. Uh, he might be able to play. Him. Does he have another year of eligibility? Yeah. You know what? I don't think he does. Mm. Uh, but I'll ask. Him. Shame. Um, shame. 
but seriously, seriously, uh, he can he can chunk a pixie, and I've seen him do it. Um, as far as scheduling goes, uh, cupcake, cupcake at Georgia in week three. That always seems to be like the first SEC game every year. Is always Georgia, South Carolina, uh, Kentucky at Tennessee, Vanderbilt at A and M. They play Florida in November, as per usual. They usually play them pretty late in the year at Missouri, and then they round out the rest of the year with Auburn and Clemson. Um, so schedules. Midland, not awful, not great, um, but I don't with the way, with the way they they're going to have to rebuild and the things that they don't have in place, and potentially a graduate assistant playing quarterback for them. It's not shaping up to be a good year in Columbia. Yeah, like that is the joke you make. You're always like, oh, we'll just pull in the graduate assistant, the towel boy. That that's like that's a, a joke, literally. Right. No, it's, um, just, it's a thing. <laughs> but apparently, that's real life. Um, they only averaged 355 yards um, and 24 points a game last year. And they, they did have a little bit of young talent there and those guys did stay. So there's the potential to maybe foster that and start to grow a program. But yeah, coach Beamer has, and offensive coordinator uh, Marcus Satterfield have a lot of work to do. And in order for them to get stronger, I think there's a couple things they need. Um, number one is a quarterback. Number two would be an offensive line. And then number three would be an entire defense. Those are, those are my three points of things they should, they should look to get. It's, it's an important aspect of the game that uh, defense. Yeah. So. <laughs> and the uh, offense. Kind of critical. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how special teams is doing, but we should look at that too. <laughs> Probably just all. All of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> by the, by what the, the manager, the equipment managers now, um, their punt returner. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys need to improve? Water boy in next. Everything. Yeah. Dreams come true at South Carolina. You thought you were done. You thought you were going to coach. That's it. You're back on the field. Yes. Reminds by the way, me of uh, the... uh, I, I looked at the 2020 draft, and there were four Gamecocks taken. Okay. So oh, we're, good. We're okay. Yeah, Jim Kinlaw, Brian Edwards, DJ Wanham, and TJ Brunson were all drafted. That's great. Yeah, cool. And, and depending on the round, I just may not have seen it, but uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they good did, on, have, good they on did have a first round pick. Cool, fourteenth okay. pick overall. Jim Kinlaw, defensive tackle, went to San Francisco, so they did. Oh, that's awesome. They did have somebody. Yeah, I, I don't recall seeing his name on the board, but according to Two Four Seven Sports, that's what happened. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. We wish him well. All right. Well, let's get to Tennessee. It looks like well, uh, uh-huh. experts. No, 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 no. We have to. We have no. to Mm-mm. rip no. the bandaid no, off, can... Matt. It's time to get hurt again. It's, it's, <laughs> it looks. It, it looks. It, it looks like it some funny. experts have Tennessee finishing with six wins. Would you, as a Tennessee fan, Matt, would you consider that a victory in Heupel's first season? Six wins. Listen, victory. Six wins is is lowballing it. Okay? okay, we're talking a minimum of eight wins this season. Let me run down the list for you. Okay. We're going to beat Bowling Green. Yeah, watch, watch, watch this. Mm-hmm. We're going to beat Bowling Green. We're going to beat Pittsburgh. We're going to beat Tennessee Tech. So we're going into Florida week with three, three and oh. We're going to beat Florida. Okay. Wow. We're going to beat Missouri. We're going to beat Carolina. We're going to beat Ole Miss. We're going to lose to Bama. We're going to beat Kentucky. We're going to lose to Georgia. We're going to beat South Alabama. Wait a minute. That's 10 wins if we beat Vanderbilt. I can't do math. Whatever, so we're winning everything. So you're going with 10 wins? Is that is that I'm an kidding, official I'm stat? Kidding. No, 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 not at all. Say we're marking not it down right now. 
Look, so, <laughs> I to, will uh, pay you a hundred dollars if they do that. No, that's that's not happening. I, I think I, I think six wins is is probably the most. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The most uh, uh, accurate, probably version that we're probably going to end up with. Uh, Tennessee is getting a little bit of help back. Um, you know, we lost a ton of kids in the transfer portal. Uh, over the spring and the summer so we don't have a ton of kids coming back we do have a couple of names that have kind of thrown them thrown themselves out there I know there's a lot of talk around Joe Milton right now at quarterback Um, his name's getting thrown around a lot I think he was just named the starter Mm -hmm. um, either Mm -hmm. yes either today or yesterday a couple other names that kind of pop off the depth chart you know Cooper Mays is still up there Uh, Darnell Wright is also still up there so a couple of rocks on on the offensive line, Cade Mays as well, uh, formerly a George Bulldog, but back to being in, in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, Velas Jones uh, at wide receiver, Javante Payton at wide receiver, uh, Jalen Hyatt at wide receiver um, are supposed to be pretty good. Tyon Evans and Jabari Small are supposed to be like a two-headed dragon when it comes to uh, the run game this year. And then defensively, we're supposed to be okay. Uh, I know Elante Taylor's been getting a lot of uh, – a lot of press over the last couple of uh, last couple of weeks. They've been talking about him a lot. As far as all SEC goes, <laughs> our, our punter made the list. Uh, Cade Mays made the offensive line list, and that's pretty much it, um, with the exception of Alante Taylor on the third string SE, all SEC team. So my expectations are that offensively we will be better. Defensively, we're going to struggle is what I think it's going to. I think we're going to look a lot like Ole Miss last year where we're going to be able to put some points up, but I don't know if that's going to translate into wins. Okay. Jesse, your thoughts on, on the Vols this year? Yeah. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, last year they were dead last in the SEC in third down conversions, 11th in total offense, averaging only 346 yards per game and 12th in scoring, averaging just 22 points per game. There were a few moments. Um, but the offense scored more than 19 points once in the final seven games, and that was against Vanderbilt. So a lot of work to do, but their yeah. new coach, and Matt, I'm, am I saying it right, Hypel? Hypel. Believe, buy, buy into the Hypel. Okay, gotcha. Hate that. Yeah, we, yeah um, dude, same here. I've been reading it all that. over all Twitter since he got hired. All Twitter. Uh, but Heupel, you know, bringing over that attack style offense from UCF, I think, you know, they're going to start to be a little faster, try to push the ball down the field, um, which will make it a little more interesting. And I had not kept up with the transfers and the quarterbacks and, and all of that in the offseason. So um, Jared Garantano, Garantano led, you know, in passing last year for the balls, but he's now at Washington State. Uh, JT Shrout got in some throws and now he's a Colorado Buffalo. Harrison Bailey stepped in um, and completed 71% of his throws for 578 yards and four touchdowns. And if the season started, you know, he was probably going to be what I thought QB one, but Joe Milton uh, was the starting quarterback for Michigan and uh, looks like he's going to be the guy behind earth this week. So a lot of moves happening. Um, Interesting with the new head coach. We shall see. We'll see you the third Saturday in October. 
Matt, I, I do have to ask you, uh, what is the general feel amongst tennis, Vol Twitter, or whatever, about the selection of Joe Milton as QB1? Oh, listen, don't even get I, – I, I had to stop myself this afternoon because I was scrolling through some stuff and I was seeing people, like, talking about how he had struggled when he was at um, – uh, wherever he was at. thank you yeah how he threw for, they they bring up all these stats and i'm just like we haven't seen the kid play game one in the sec that was in michigan you're already burying the kid and nothing's really again vol twitter can be either the absolute best thing on the planet or the absolute worst thing on the planet and it just it, it seems like the overall trend right now is they're not happy but it's, I, I don't it's, were they like, hoping for Harrison Bailey? They were hoping Bailey was going to come in and be the second coming of Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. is what we've, oh. we've all been hoping. But because he came out of Marietta High School, very yeah. highly touted, they thought for certain he was going to be, you know, the starter last year. But then we step mm. stuck with Garantano, and then okay. uh, yeah. you had that back and forth. And then Bailey struggled last year. It seemed like a yeah. quarterback quite a bit. Um, so I don't it's one of those things where you never know what you're going to end up with. And that's, that's really the, going to be the, the trend this year is we, we don't know what the team's going to look like. This new offense is supposed to be very highly powered. Um, the games are supposed to be a little bit more interesting to watch this year, um, but we'll see how long that lasts because I don't know how that, how that style of offense is going to translate into the sec, mm-hmm. but then again, we don't play defense in the sec anymore. So True. You know, uh, I know it was a long time ago, but Heupel did win a national title. So, uh, as a player, allegedly. so allegedly, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought you were oh, talking about don't the even get me started. The, we're no. not even talking about the. Youth. No, yeah, no, 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 no. No, I'm talking about actually as a player. Um, so, uh, but yeah. Wait a minute now. Hold on, hold on. So let me let me think about this. If Heupel, let's let's pretend for a moment, and Jesse, calm yourself. Let's pretend for a moment that Heupel does get to claim that that national title. Is he the only other coach in the SEC with a national title besides Nick Saban? Uh, depends. Uh, do you count having a title as an assistant? No. Okay. Then, hey, we got so, that going for us. <laughs> well, well, hold on. Hold on. Oklahoma win. Oh, wait. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher won a national championship at Florida, at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. But what about in Oklahoma's, Oklahoma's not in the SEC yet. True. 2024. Yeah. Well, um, Vault Twitter doesn't seem to handle uh, controversial decisions very well. Vault Twitter updates are my favorite. They're so funny. I will say this, though, is I'm glad that it's not last year when that former head ball coach we had was wishy-washy on who the starter was. Like, he he would run one guy out for one series and another guy out for the second series. So, if if he's going to stick with Milton... All right. Let's Remind me where that. he went. I forget. He's working for the Redskins now, I think. Oh. Hmm. Or pardon me, the Washington football team. Yes, um, Washington football team. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know oh. what you meant. I, I speaking, forgot. Speaking of controversial decisions, uh, Texas A&M, um, <laughs> huge uh, expectations for this program. I think a lot of people are expecting them just with the surge that they've made in the past few years uh, that this year is going to be one where they're going to really need to, to kick it up to the next level. Um, a lot of people, we talked about Kellen Mon, and when I first saw Kellen Mon in his first season, I was really impressed and thought, man, this guy is really going places. And then it just sort of seemed like 
I don't want to say fizzled out, but it was that kind of feel where he just didn't really play to that level that I was expecting he was going to get to. Um, but as I mentioned last year, uh, many could have argued that they or many could argue that they should have made the playoffs last year. Uh, life after Kellen Mond will have to exist. And uh, Haynes King, uh, after a battle between he and uh, Zach Calzada, um, King has been named the starter uh, at the QB spot. Um, so uh, we will see how that works out for them. Uh, also, Isaiah Spillers will be, will be back, uh, one of the SEC's leading rushers. So uh, a lot of, as I said, a lot of uh, high expectations uh, for A&M. Uh, Jesse, I want to start with you first this time, obviously, um, so we can go ahead and get out the Jimbo Fisher um, comments. And Vitriol. Yes. I'm back. <laughs> um, he can suck it. I hate him. But wow. I'm starting off, I'm setting the tone. He wow. needs to stop worrying about Nick Saban and go replace your quarterback, who is now in Minnesota. And I watched one of his preseason games. Me. Um, so, yes, the Jimbo wow. hatred is still here. It really just festers in the offseason. I think it just really marinates and gets deep in my bones. But um, they were third in the nation in time of possession. And I think that is key for them because I think we've started to see that the sec has started to trend towards that very fast style offense. Um, and the Aggies weren't really that way. They, they really kept the ball. Um, they averaged 439 yards and 33 points per game. And they, they were really deliberate in their style of play, which I think is, is the best word to describe them. And it's, it's different than what we're seeing across the board in most teams. And they were third in the nation at converting on third downs, which we've talked about it hundreds of times. That's what you have to do. You have to convert on third down. If you do not convert in third down, obviously you're not going anywhere. It's silly, but that is the basics. That's what you have to do. But so many times we do not see teams do it. So move the chains, keep the clock moving. You keep possession. Um, it's a smart way of playing football and we'll see if it works out. Um Jesse, you left out the phrase "you idiot" um, when referring to. I did. <laughs> I did leave out "you idiot." I, for those that can't see, we literally have a notes document, and I did write, "Stop worrying about Nick Saban." I was waiting for that. I, was, <laughs> was, I started I was like, out real hot. I it? came in real hot. <laughs> I did come in really hot, so I tried to turn it down just a little bit. <laughs> Matt, your thoughts on uh, on the Aggies this year? You, you know what? I uh, I am going to – Jesse, I'm going to let you finish drinking. Hold on a moment. because I want Don't to make me spit. Know. Yeah, don't make me spit because exactly I will. What I, that's exactly what I uh, – I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to turn heel on the group, and I'm going to say I, I like Jimbo Fisher. I, I like his swagger. I think, I think Jimbo's great. He's actually my second favorite SEC coach right now. Wow. I'm going to so, pray for you. Yeah, it's okay. To pray for me. It doesn't change the fact of the matter that I want AM to win the West this year. Um, <gasps> ah, but yeah, I said it. I said it. What are you going to do about it? I need somebody to take out Nick Satan. Rebuking um, all of this in the name of Jesus. No, no. Not today, no Satan, a.k.a. Jimbo Fisher. Anyway, <laughs> um, so a couple of things on the docket for AM. They open up with Kent State this weekend. Um, playing against Colorado in Denver. I'm going to be curious to see how A&M handles that change hard to in altitude. Breathe. Not, right, because I don't know if you've ever been to Denver, but it messes with you, that altitude does. Uh, then they play New Mexico, and then they play versus Arkansas. And then it gets kind of iffy. So 
at home against Mississippi State, at home against Alabama, at Missouri, against Carolina, then they get a break, and then they host Auburn, and they go to Ole Miss, and then they're hosting Prairie View. I don't even know where that is. What? Uh, Ooh, what's their map? I'm assuming Kansas or something. Uh, and then wrapping up the season at LSU. But let's remember, this is a uh, Texas A&M team last year that went 9-1, and and really, in the long and short of it, probably should have gone 10-0. and um, but got unlucky against who was it? Was it Alabama? Yeah, uh, things didn't go well when they played Alabama. But aside from that, um, pretty good solid season last year. I think they got a, a bunch of their kids back. I don't know if they graduated a lot or whatnot. A um, couple names that pop out on the All SEC list: Isaiah Spiller, obviously, is a, uh, a running back that we're very familiar with. He had a good season last year. Uh, Jalen Weidermeyer, also another name that uh, at tight end that's popping around. A um, couple of defensive players. Um, uh, DeMarvin Leal is, is a first team, no second team, all SEC, uh, preseason pick, uh, along with a couple of others that are kind of sprinkled throughout here, uh, Leon O'Neal at defensive back. So there's, there's a couple of star players that A&M is going to be able to lean on and Jimbo Fisher, hopefully will find a way to finally beat Nick Satan, Nick Saban and win the SEC West this year. You do know if that happens, I will not do the show. Like, I will not do that week. I will just you, not. You're going to have to do it. Listen, if I can Should take the sick. butt kickings every week, every week that I have to take for SEC or for Tennessee football and still come on the show, you've got to do the same. Fisher's the worst person. He's not the worst person. I don't know what you hate about him so much. He did nothing to you. It to the world. <laughs> ah! All right, let's get on to <laughs> Vanderbilt. Um, yes, Vanderbilt. So, uh, Clark Lee, he's taken over a team that didn't win a single game last year. God bless them. I mean, I, I, I give credit to the guy. I mean, of course, I, I guess, you know, another way to look at that is there's nowhere to go but up, right? So, you're getting um, paid like, I don't know what his salary is, but it's over a million dollars. I mean, yeah, and and the expectation is, please, just win a game this okay. year, please. That's it. Yeah, I Not. could probably do that. Well, luckily they're playing out of conference this year. Last year they right. didn't have that luxury, hence yeah. the reason True. why they went. Uh, that's over, fair. That's over, a good caveat to remember. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. fair. Vanderbilt went zero and nine in conference play last year. Yeah, so. which is expected. I don't think they really win conference games in when it's not COVID, so. Well, in previous years, Vanderbilt's given trouble to a couple teams. I mean, Georgia in particular, that always seems to be one that they give a run to. South Carolina and Vanderbilt always have a competitive game. Kentucky and Vanderbilt's usually a a game. Occasionally, Florida's a competitive game with uh, Vanderbilt. It just depends on the year. That's fair. Yeah. But regardless, however you slice it, tough road for Clark Lee there. Um, There's – in terms of their quarterback, uh, Ken Seals, who is a sophomore, uh, is expected to retain his starting job at quarterback. So um, I don't really have a whole lot more to say about them. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, we're just going to have to see how Clark Lee does uh, with, with this team. Uh, Matt, I'll start with you this time. But uh, your thoughts on Vanderbilt uh, this year? And well, I can, I can tell you that Vanderbilt does not have any names on the all-SEC list this year. Um, I know that that's – 
That's usually they at least have like a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman or something, but not this season. Uh, schedule wise, they've got a week two visit to Colorado State again, playing at that altitude. That'll be interesting to see how that works. Mm. They're hosting Stanford this year. That's weird. That's really random. Smart kid wow. bowl. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. the it's the SAT bowl this year. They need to get they need to get uh uh what is it college board is that who who pays is that the organization that produces the SAT? I don't remember. Probably that joke I, been a while. I'll do better. Um, so yeah, that they need to come up with a funny name for that that like the academic bowl or something. Um, opening the SEC play with Georgia um, and then at Florida at Carolina. A uh, couple trips to the West for Mississippi State and then playing Missouri and then Kentucky at Ole Miss and then rounding up things with at Tennessee. Um, schedules, they should get at least one win out of this, surely. Uh, if, if, if nobody, at least East, East Tennessee State. I don't think East Tennessee State is particularly good. Um, is that where uh, – hold that thought. Is that where um, Clawson – not Clawson. Randy Sanders ended up. I think that is where Randy's. Yes, that's where former Tennessee offense coordinator Randy Sanders is the head oh. coach. So um, they may not beat East Tennessee because Randy Sanders has done a decent job with that team, I do believe. It's not shaping up to be well if you're a Vanderbilt fan. Yeah. So again, great campus, great city. Um, Beautiful. <laughs> Jesse, what are your thoughts? Um, couple, a couple thoughts for Vanderbilt, um, for Clark Lee, if you're listening. Thing. just a few tips that I think should be done in stages um, I think step one would be to score um, and then step two see step one and step three is to see step two um, yeah they, they had a really difficult time scoring last year they scoring 17 points or fewer in seven games and topping out with 35 in a loss Old Miss. Can you can you yeah. please read your phrase there? They had a hard time doing what? <laughs> had a really hard time putting the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> the biscuit in the basket. I love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, I'm at the, hey, I'm I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that for Houston County broadcast. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was very um motivated post work this afternoon. Nice. But yeah, they averaged just 330 yards per game with no rushing attack. Um, they did not have a great passing game. They too have a new offensive coordinator in David Ray, Ray, Ray. I I'm so sorry. Not um, sure. he's an NFL assistant coach over the past several years. He's typically done well with wide receiver. So hoping that he and, and Clark Lee can get the Commodores to at least get some offense. It doesn't have to be explosive right away, but hoping it just sparks something. Um, Bless them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Last year, rough. But as you said, all SEC, but still, losing all your games, that's demoralizing no matter how you look at it. So That's rough. All right, that does it for all the teams. We do have one last bit of news here, though. Texas and Oklahoma joining the SEC in 2025. After a whole thing this summer, uh, you know, unfolded with uh, they're leaving the Big 12, SEC extends the invitation, they officially accept, blah, blah, blah. Um, so 2025 is the target date. However, as I understand it, it could be possibly sooner. 
with a buyout of their TV contracts. Um, so that's a possibility as well. So 2025 with the possibility of sliding to the left a bit. Um, in response to this, uh, other huge news is that the Big Ten, ACC and the Pac-12 are looking at forming an alliance and possibly forming a mega conference. This is literally the office when Dwight goes to gym and he's like, we should form an alliance. We should form an alliance because of it's like downsizing. He's like, you hear it. it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Big, Here's big, the question though. If, if the big 12, the PAC 12 and the big 10 and the all, whatever, you know, all those conferences, if they're forming an alliance, does that make the sec, the evil empire? I don't know. Are we the baddies? Are we the baddies now? I, here's exciting. the thing. What is what is the Big Ten ACC? We're the Pac-12. What are they going to call themselves? The not SEC? I don't, I don't know. Call it the College Football Alliance? I have no idea. Yeah. I yeah. I don't. Derek Zoolander School for Kids That Can't Read Good But Want to Do Other Stuff Good Too. <laughs> Conference. <Yes. laughs> Big Ten and ACC were like, would you like to form an alliance? And Pac-12 was like, Absolutely, I do. Who <laughs> wants an alliance? And it went from there. Um, all right, so I want to get both of you guys' thoughts. Uh, Jesse, I can see yours. Let's go ahead and start with you. What are your, <laughs> what are your, what are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts? <laughs> Jesse's a horrible poker awful. player. I <laughs> horrible am. Poker oh, my player. God, I'm so mad. I have said this to anybody that asked me. I don't want to acknowledge this. You don't go here go home. You can't sit with us. It's not my fault that you can't recruit anymore. What do you want me to do? Or that Alabama's not going to send you a quarterback? Like, go home. Stop. Yeah. You're embarrassing me and yourself. Okay. All right. So, uh, Matt, do you have any, do you feel the same? Do you feel different? How do you feel? I want to point out first before we even start that my comments are my own. They're in no way, shape, or form a reflection on the viewpoints of anyone associated with this podcast. I am going to go on a limb here and say that I'm okay. I'm okay with Oklahoma coming to play with us. To a point, Oklahoma at least has a pedigree. With recent pedigree, not... 50 years ago when Daryl Royal was your only head coach that won anything. I'm looking at you, Texas. Um, so I'm okay with Oklahoma coming to play with the big boys if they wish. Um, I personally would have preferred another decent team to bring in other than Texas. I Who? understand that Texas – well, we'll get to that in a minute. That's our just for fun segment. We're not there yet. Sure. Um, I don't want Texas anywhere near the SEC because there's, and I'm selfish. I have selfish reasons for this. I'm a selfish man. Let me explain. One, there's one shade of orange in the SEC that's supposed to be us. Tennessee's it. Auburn has orange, but they're more blue than anything else. I don't want to talk about it. Secondly, you can't come into the SEC and say you're UT. That's us. So bugger off. I don't need you here. Third thing, them sons of guns stole a, a, the, our little interlocking UT emblem. That's mm -hmm. ours. Mm -hmm. I don't want Texas anywhere near the SEC. I don't like Texas. I don't like them at all. I don't want them to be anywhere near us okay. at all, in the least. And again, I know they got money. I know that their boosters have like all this cash and they can 
bolster the the conference, whatever. But they suck. They're awful. This is almost like when we brought in Missouri, and, and no offense against Missouri, but we brought in Missouri. Everybody was like, "How does this make sense? They're not in the in the South. It's the Southeastern Conference, not the we got lots of money. We want to play football conference. Oh wait, that's what it's turning into. Well, and also I'm not um, okay with Texas. I'm also Texas curious. I, I'm curious to know what A&M really thinks about this, because supposedly it was they've got to be mad. Supposedly it was unanimous. But I also wonder if in the voting you don't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? Like everybody else voted yes, but you and well, now also everybody's out like, to get you. Exa- well, here's the thing. I think a couple reasons. They were the last to join the conference, and and people they were like, well, we we were the last to kind of tack on here. Maybe we shouldn't vote against other people tacking on. Right. And they're trying to make a name for themselves as the premier Texas football program. How do you do that unless you agree to let the premier Texas football program come and play you in conference every mm-hmm. year and truly have to recruit against each other? Yeah. Here's the thing, Texas A&M and Texas. Your biggest rival, in my opinion, on recruiting is not even each other. It's other SEC schools that go into Texas and poach your talent. LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Florida. uh, For sure. uh, Ohio State. But but let's also be clear on this, too. Texas has not been the recruiting hotbed like it was in years past. No, 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 no. No, but this. This could help them to be like, we're going to play SEC opponents, da, 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 all of that. But the only, I don't want to call it an upside. I could see how some schools that may not be in these conferences um, and are not in the SEC might find this favorable. And I say that because these two teams have now left a hole in their conference. Mm-hmm. So do they pick up some other schools that haven't necessarily had a chance to be in a power five Mm -hmm. who get snubbed when it comes to playing in the playoff or in bowl games or things like that. And then also you look at someone like the big 10, I know they're getting an alliance, but say they're like, all right, they're boosting their numbers. Why don't we look to get a West Virginia? Why don't we look to get a Cincinnati or something like that, and pull in more teams into their conference, I think we could start to see something like that. And if you're one of those schools like a Cincinnati that rightfully was pissed off for getting a snub in the playoff, maybe you join a Power Five if that opportunity comes up and you start to get looked at a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Can can we take a minute to discuss, like, what's the overarching goal here? Like, I know that Texas and Oklahoma are going to bring a crap ton of money into the conference, but, but I think that's the main thing. And, and then also, I don't know the possibility of, and as we've said before, two programs that aren't necessarily knocking that out of the park right now, but have huge brand name recognizability, if that's a word, um, whatever. Um, but you get what I'm saying. Like it, it is a money thing, I think, but it's also um, a chance to kind of uh, deepen the SEC's uh, pull when it comes to brand name and stuff like that. I didn't that even too. think we needed that. Everybody knows SEC. But I think they it's either also love us or they, they hate us. 
But I, I think it's also to the point where uh, we're going to get to mega conferences anyway. And this is just yeah. a, a, a step in that direction. Um, but I mean, if you want to look at you talk, you mentioned the Big 12. I mean, they're really close to just be like being uh, delegitimized as a conference. Yeah. I mean, you, the Big 12 is well, like, they weren't really legitimate to begin with. I mean, let's be honest. Well, yeah. Aside from Texas and Oklahoma, what did, what did they have? Yeah. Well, when I first heard this news, uh, to be honest with you, I was kind of, uh, as we talked about at the beginning of the show before it started, I was like aggravated. I was like, okay, well, there's two more teams that I got to keep up with and they aren't even necessarily, you know, you know, hitting on all cylinders right now. So it's not, it's just whatever. Uh, so I was a little bit aggravated about that, but then I sat and I thought about, well, I think it would only be a good thing for, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a bad thing. You know, it, it could be, it could end up being, you know, maybe not much impact, but I think it, it can only be good. Um, so from that standpoint, I, I'm not necessarily mad about it. Um, understand the people that are, I mean, for sure. Um, but th- let's not forget, there's a little bit of uh, poetic justice in this too, because Oklahoma for years railed on uh, the SEC, uh, specifically a different stoops about how, <laughs> uh, you know, how pathetic the SEC was and how they, you know, I'll, you know, I'll play them any day. Um, so there's a little, little element of poetic justice there. Wait, 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 Wes, can I interject real quick? Go for it. Bob Stoops is a horse's ass. There, I said it. I <laughs> knew it was coming. There it was. There it was. Yeah, I, it was I, I, did, I did it. I did but it. from what I hear from talking to actual Oklahoma and Texas fans, they're not happy about this. They don't want to move. Yeah. I mean, I haven't a met a single one that's like on board. Yeah. Now, um, from, from what I understand, it's not going to necessarily affect some of their rivalry games and things like that. I think they're going to see to it that a lot of those still exist. Uh, so it's not going to shake things up, you know, in, in that regard, but I mean, yeah, it is a big change for them. And, um, but I mean, as Spurrier said, <laughs> if you're going to struggle in the big 12, might as well struggle in the SEC. And Hey, you know, I can't argue with that logic and it's, it's only going to be good for them. Could be good for us too. So I, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, um, let's actually talk about some actual games, uh, here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! All right, well, first up, we have Bowling Green at Tennessee, and that is Thursday, September the 2nd at 8 p.m. on SEC Network. Um, so a lot of these things – so um, one thing that I should say before we get started is that the uh, there's only one SEC team yeah, – I have to go back and look. There's only one SEC team that is not favored – this weekend and we'll get to that one in a little bit anyway um so uh bowling green at tennessee i think this is you know obviously no brainer i think they're gonna they're gonna uh, tennessee is going to take care of business here gonna be a good uh, a good way to start off the season for them i have tennessee winning this one uh 47 to 13 jesse got ut taking this one 35 to 14 matt y'all are way too way too i don't know jazzed up about this thing i guess more than me uh granted the line right now is is uh for those of you that are in the betting um it the line right now is tennessee by 35 and a half um i haven't seen this offense so i have no frame of reference but i don't recall the last time tennessee team took care of business it's been a while 
Uh, so I'm going to be conservative here. I'm going to say Tennessee wins 28-10. All right. We've got uh, University of Louisiana Monroe at Kentucky, uh, Saturday, September the 4th, noon on SEC Network. Um, this is another one of those um, that we did not see last year because of the interconference uh, only schedule. But uh, we got another one of these games kind of getting back to the old ways. Um, I have Kentucky taking care of business again, uh, 42 to 13. Jesse? Didn't Terry Bradshaw or whatever, didn't he play at UL Monroe? I think so. Oh, I thought so. Maybe. I think so. Um, one of the, sure one of the Duck Dynasty guys Duck played Dynasty for guys, yeah. Bill Robertson played behind him, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louisiana Tech. Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Tech, my That's bad. it. That's no, it. It was bad. one of those smaller Louisiana schools. Yeah. Um, regardless, I'm going to take UK 35-21. Okay. Matt? Yeah, I think Kentucky's not going to struggle here. Um, you know, if they offensively get a shot in the arm, they could probably put some points on them. So I wrote this in the wrong spot. Hold that thought. There we go. I'm going to say UK wins this thing 238 to 10. All right. Moving on to Rice at Arkansas, 2 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Um, again, kind of more of the same, just different teams. I got uh, Arkansas taking this one uh, 35 to 16. I'll do you one better. Literally, I'll take Arkansas. 35-17. We're all, we're, all, we're all in the neighborhood, aren't we? I'm taking Arkansas to win this thing 35-14. Oh, nice. All right. Um, all right. Next, we have number one Alabama versus number 14 Miami. This is the Chick-fil-A kickoff game, 3.30 on ABC from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, yeah, I, I think – I mean, I'd, I've seen Miami recently, and yeah, I mean, I think there's some some things to be positive about for them, but I, I don't think they got anything for Bama. I got Bama winning this one 41 to 21. Jesse? I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to take Bama 38 to 17. Okay, Matt? Bama's rolling here. Um, Miami has been down for if – this, if this game had been played 10 years ago, 12 years ago, it probably would have been a, bit, a different outcome, but um, I, Miami, just, I don't think is going to have the chops for this. So I'm going to say Bama 45-20. Okay. All right. Speaking of Louisiana Tech, they they're are around at, here somewhere. Yeah, they're at uh, Mississippi State, 4 p.m. on ESPNU. Um, again, a lot of these similar games. I've got Mississippi State winning this one 38-14. to 14. Jesse? Yeah, I'm interested to see how this offense starts clicking for them but i'm gonna take the bulldogs 35 to 20 okay matt yeah i need i i want mississippi state to do well um i want mike leach to do well i think this could be the start to get there so i'm gonna say mississippi state wins this thing 42 20 okay all right next is central michigan at mizzou uh that is 4 p.m on sec network um, this one a little bit closer, but uh, still SEC team uh, winning by uh, a couple scores. Uh, I got Mizzou 37 to 24. Jesse. Yeah, I, I too am going to stick with the SEC uh, winning prediction here, but um, I'm in the same ballpark as you. I'm going Mizzou 35 21. Okay, Matt. 
I, I, I oh, mm, mm, you want to nope, do it? Nope. You want to do it? I want to do it so bad. Uh, um, no, I'm going to stick with Mizzou. I'm going to say they win this thing 28 to 10. I don't know. I, I want I want Central Michigan to win so bad. But it's a directional school. Directional schools don't win in the SEC. Oh, directional school. I haven't heard that one in a while. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Akron at Auburn, 7 p.m. on ESPN Plus. That, uh, you know, uh, again, uh, I got Auburn, uh, 54 to 12. Jesse, what do you got? Dang. Um, I got Auburn, but I'm I'm going 38-13. Okay. Matt, what you got? This is the largest spread according to Vegas this weekend. Um Akron is apparently supposed to get absolutely like curb stomped here. So 36 and a half is the line at the moment. So I'm gonna win. I'm gonna say I'm actually gonna change my score. I'm gonna say Auburn wins 45-10. All right, moving on to Eastern Illinois at South Carolina, seven o'clock on ESPN Plus. Um, this one, a um, little bit of a challenge, perhaps for South Carolina, but I, I do think they get it done uh, against Eastern Illinois. Uh, South Carolina wins thirty-five to twenty-one. Jesse, as someone who lived in Illinois, I'm trying to even think where Eastern Illinois <laughs> is. Um, got to be in the middle of farmland uh yeah. but i'm gonna take south carolina 37 17 okay matt uh eastern illinois is located in charleston illinois i literally have no idea i, I honestly don't have any idea where in the world that is um but you know what eh, i i, I want to pick an upset so bad i can taste it um <laughs> but it's not it's it's not going to be this one i'm not going to go against carolina here i'm going to say i know which one you're going to pick I'm going to say this is going to be 28-24. I think this is going to be a close game. Okay. All right. Um, number five, Georgia again, uh, versus number three, Clemson. And this is the Dukes Mayo Classic. And that is – Yeah, uh, only the best mayo. Truly, yeah. that is the only mayo you should actually buy. We are not sponsored, uh, but that is true. Hellman's would like a word, please. Um, but they'd and, be wrong. Gosh, we we don't get paid for any of this anyway. Uh, I know. <laughs> we should, we should, <laughs> we should. Um, that is going to be seven thirty on a- ABC from Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, That's game cool. day, yeah. Oh. Ga- game day is going to be there. Um, Kirby Smart's going to be on the show. He's going to talk. So we'll see if he gives any updates on the injuries. Then, uh, as we talk, there's several that we're not. We're, we're still a little unsure of. Vegas is going to go with Clemson on this one, um, and I don't blame them. Um, I think it's going to be close no matter no matter which way this game goes, though. Um, I don't think either team is going to necessarily uh, run the other one out of the house. So um, I'm going to flip that, and I'm going to go with Georgia winning 27-24. to 24. Jesse? I could see it. Like, if I switched out the names for my score, I could see it either way. Mm-hmm. Um. But as a Bama fan and just like a very selfish, petty person, I'm going to pick UGA instead of Clemson. <laughs> um, but it's close. And I can even see this going to OT on the yeah. first game. Um, I'm going to go UGA 
Matt, you son of a gun. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, I, I got to pick an upset yeah. somewhere. It's it's no, that's fair. Let's be honest. That's fair. Let's let's be honest here. Clemson has the better pedigree over the last couple of seasons. Um, granted, they got rid of a lot of their talent for the draft and whatnot last year. But I think that, in fact, I'm going to make this score margin just a little bit tighter for you, Wes. So there you go. I think this comes down to a last fourth quarter turnover, uh, maybe a pick six. Going to be a little bit of a nail biter for you, Wes. I'm going to have to pick Clemson here, 28-24. See, I really like, you know, why can't I just start off the year with like a one of those cupcakes, Cupcake? right? I need one of those well, cupcakes the all, first game you, of the year. You got year. them all later in the school year. I know, but why do I have to get punched in the face of the first games? <laughs> but uh, listen, that's fine. We have to play Alabama every year and Auburn every year and Florida every year. I don't feel bad for you. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. All right. Well, that was going to be a, an interesting one to watch. Uh, next, we got, um, next, we got Florida Atlantic at number 13, Florida. Um, and uh, all these rankings are AP, I think. Yeah, I think that's what I put on here. Uh, 7.30 on SEC Network. Um, yeah, Florida Atlantic. I got Florida winning this one big, 38-14. to 14. Jesse? I'm very much similar. Um, I've got Florida winning at 38-17. Okay, Matt? Mm, yeah, I don't foresee Florida Atlantic giving up much of a uh... – much of a, a fight here. Some that actually, I'm going to go a little higher on Florida's offensive production, say they're going to win 45, 20. Alrighty then. Uh, Kent state at number six, Texas A&M eight o'clock on ESPNU. Um, there's a lot of games this week. Cause there's so many out of conference teams. Seriously. Uh, but uh, yeah, I got this one with A&M winning big 48 to 20. Jesse. Nick Saban's alma mater. Woo. Matt, um, see, like, see any excuse to bring up him like like whatever continue i, I, I don't can't know help why, it listen, i don't know why you're surprised by it at this i know point. five years in um <laughs> i wish i could pick them i can't um i'm gonna pick texas a&m 45 21 i hear you um matt uh, do i want to pick kent here i'm oh, sorry do i want to pick or do i want to pick do I want to do that? No, I ain't gonna do that. No, ah. Texas A&M's gonna win this ball game, forty-five ten. I was gonna this say is gonna be, this. This is gonna be a Jimbo Fisher mud mud hole stomp special. Yeah. So I don't foresee, and I guarantee you that if 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 Kent State scores, it'll be late. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, East Tennessee State at uh, Vanderbilt, eight o'clock on ESPN Plus. Um. Again, I think it's a, a challenging season overall for Vandy, but they handle this one. Uh, Vandy wins 28-14. Jesse? I struggled. I almost picked the upset. I didn't, but I almost did. I'm going to go with the Commodores 21-14. to 14. Matt? I knew you'd do it. I knew you'd do it. I, I, I Listen, I believe in Randy Sanders. <laughs> I believe in him. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say East Tennessee State gets Vanderbilt, knocks them dead, 27. So it's literally just the UT connection there that did that for you. That's only reason. The only reason <laughs> why I'm doing it. Well, no, you also have to remember that that East Tennessee, East Tennessee State went eight and four. Yeah, they're season. not bad, and Vandy is. They're not an awful football team. Mm-hmm. It, I, in fact, hold on a second. I'll let's. I'll come back to it. Go ahead. Okay. 
I was going to take a look at what they, how they did last season. Okay. All right. Um, so next we have uh, number 16 LSU at UCLA, 830 on Fox. And that is from the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Um, this one probably going to be a bit closer than a lot that we've seen uh, thus far. Um, I do think LSU gets it done, though, out there in Pasadena. Uh, LSU wins 35-31. Jesse. Yeah, this one's a lot closer than uh, the other ones I have selected. I think the Tigers get it done, but um, it's it's pretty close, 38 to 28. Uh, have, uh, Matt. We have higher <laughs> expectations for, for UCLA than I do. Um, I don't think UCLA is going to be in this game at all. Um, I think that LSU is going to probably get a little bit of that swagger back. I have a feeling they're going to pop them in the mouth. I'm going to say LSU wins this thing 45-10. Okay. Good big um, win for LSU. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Like I said, not not a lot of experience on offense and the defense suspect. So we'll see. Uh, I, I, I believe I believe in Coach O. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, and then final, finally, I, I don't mean that in like a we'll see. <laughs> um, Louisville at Ole Miss is the uh, final game of the evening. And that is, uh, I'm sorry, not, it's not even the same day. It's on uh, Monday, September the 6th, uh, 8 o'clock. We're in the NFL now. I know, right? I guess, you know, beginning of the season celebration-ish. So uh, 8 o'clock on ESPN on that Monday, the 6th. Uh, that is also at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, we're going to see a ton of points scored, um, a la both of these teams really. Um, so I do think Ole Miss is still going to retain the edge though. I got Ole Miss 42 to 31. Jesse. Yeah, I think it might be close um, in the beginning initially first half, but I think Ole Miss will start to pull away with it in the second half. So I'm going to go with them 38 to 17. Okay, Matt. Yeah. Uh, has Louisville done anything in the last five years? I feel like, they were a big name like seven or eight years ago, and then they just kind of yeah. just tanked. So, no, I don't think LSU is going to struggle here. I, or Sorry, Ole Miss is going to struggle here. So I'm going to say Ole Miss 35-21. Okay. All right. Well, that does it for the uh, games of the uh, first week in SEC play. Um, and let's go ahead and get to our Just for Fun. And um, the question for our Just for Fun this week is who else – Speaking of bringing people into the SEC, who else should we bring into the SEC? Uh, I'll go first real quick because I really want to hear what you guys have to say on this one. But I'm going to say I'm going to list two teams. And this is kind of in the same vein as uh, Texas and Oklahoma coming in. But hear me out on this one. ACC, you've got Florida State and you've got Miami. Now, Miami a little bit doing a little bit better than Florida State. But think about it. Two teams that used to be mega powerhouses um, struggling lately, FSU more than Miami, um, but a chance to, you know, begin anew <laughs> in the SEC and have that SEC pool of recruits to pull from, et cetera, all that stuff. So, I don't know. I, I, like I see picks. what you're saying. I like I those see, picks. I see what you're saying, but I think um, Gainesville gives us enough, like, Florida men to deal with, and I just don't know if we want, <laughs> like, two yeah. more. It is it. Tallahassee, well, Tallahassee and Miami are fine. 
Well, and I was thinking, have since- you been to Tallahassee? <laughs> I've driven through there. Does that count? Good. Don't stop. <laughs> I was just thinking Ooh, we, we just we there's just so much so much hatred because y'all lost the national championship game to them at some no, point. No, we did not. Really... Auburn lost the national championship to them in 2013 after oh, we did the kick six against Auburn. Excuse me. Excuse don't me. don't test it, Matt. Name. Don't test My it. Hugo Fisher was coaching us at that time. But Tallahassee, you get up in that like little mainland portion of Florida, it gets real weird, real fast. Yeah, Listen, I was just that that everything like everything around I ten is kind of weird. Real weird. That part of that part that part of Florida is odd. Yeah, but, just, all of Florida uh, is odd. Oh yes, just you know, Google Florida man. Anyway, um, so the uh, I figured we're we're pulling uh, these two teams from out west. Why not kind of stick with the east, south, east? Anyway, your logic is there. You know, whatever. Um. So would you bring Florida State and, and and Miami into the East and move Missouri and let's let's bring Vanderbilt both to the West? Split them East and why, West. Why don't we just do the two newcomers, put them in the West, and then the these two newcomers in the East, the two Florida schools in the East, the two uh, out West, Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, I in, see. Uh, I in see, the West, it's even. Okay. Oh. Now, yeah, obviously, that's not going to be the case because we're going to have to figure out the first two first texas is gonna have gonna... to be in the east because we already have a&m in the west they're gonna do pods, and then I oklahoma think. is gonna do in the west and then you would do florida state in the west and you would do um miami in the east yeah it would yeah it'd be weird anyway uh matt uh what you got uh i i think we need to roll the clock back a little bit um just a hair if we're gonna bring in teams i have a couple of a couple ones I just want to play with. So 1932 is when the SEC was formed. Um, I think that what we need to do is we need to bring back some of the original founding members. So we need to bring back Sewanee, which is a football powerhouse. Beautiful um, campus. I'm kidding. Yes. I'm kidding. They haven't had a football team in like since like 1948. Yeah. Um, we need to bring back Tulane, which also has a football team, also a Southern, uh, Southern team as well. And then yeah. my personal favorite uh, would be George Tech. Because George Tech back in the SEC would they make were. things a little bit more interesting, I think. They were, they were originally a founding member. That's my that's my I'm a history nerd. I kind of want things to come back to the way they were. My fun pick is Notre Dame. And Absolutely. let me explain why. Let me explain why. Let me explain why. I want Notre Dame in the SEC just so they can be relegated to the bottom of the conference. So we never have to hear about it at Notre Dame ever again. I like that reasoning. I'm okay with I mean, that. It, it happens yeah, I every year on national television already, but nobody seems to care. So. Let's just make it formal. Let's just make it formal. <laughs> they come in, they they get put in the SEC East, and and then they get their heads kicked in every every week by pretty much everybody except Vanderbilt. And so the bottom of the conference of the SEC East standings is Vanderbilt, Notre Dame, Missouri, South Carolina, Tennessee, yada, yada. All right. I'm not mad about that. I, I think that works. I figured you wouldn't be, Jesse. Jesse, what are yours? Um, mostly they don't really deal with football. So I'm going to say first, North Carolina. Um, I think we need some more basketball help. I like that pick. Yeah. yeah. North Carolina, it, it makes a little bit of sense. Like, they are Southern. Um, beautiful campus. You know, not far for travel. Really like that blue. And then um, also Michael Jordan would be part of our conference. Uh, retroactively because who doesn't want Michael Jordan um, yeah. that definitely 
definitely makes sense. And then even from like, I don't know, I just think it would be fun to travel to the stadium. So I kind of just want to toss them in West Virginia. Just for funsies. I think West Virginia and Virginia Tech would be two teams that would yeah. also do well in the country SEC. roads. Take me home. It'd be just be fun to be part of the atmosphere. It'd be cold, but yeah, you're right. All right, cool. Well, I like those. That was uh, that was good, good stuff. And uh, that actually does it for our first episode of yeah. season five. So, um, if you guys would like to contact us, please hit us up at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com for email. On Facebook at facebook.com slash pigskins and pageantry, Twitter at PPSEC podcast, Instagram at pigskins and pageantry. And uh, don't forget, we are available for download on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most other podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. Uh, anywhere you catch your podcast, we can pretty much be found. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and review. We'd appreciate a five star to increase that visibility. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. We're here getting another uh, season started uh, of, uh, of the podcast and uh, SEC football. So excited. Uh, until next week, this is Wes. Go dogs. I hope you guys are ready for a big bowl of statistics this season. Roll Tide. Oh, never a dull moment with you two. All right, guys, football time in Tennessee and then the rest of the SEC. Let's see how it goes. Go balls.